Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 159. Should you cover the same niche as someone else? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. A common question that people have when they are getting into podcasts is, what if someone already has a podcast about this topic I want to have a podcast about? And that will be a common problem too. And you may have run into this or you may be about to run into this or maybe you're in this situation right now. And it could be with your podcast, with your blog. It could be a product that you want to produce and you're realizing that, hey, someone else has a similar product in this same niche. And in fact, this product does the same thing I want my product to do. What do I do now? So I've got for you seven things to consider. Number one, your experience is unique. Number two, your perspective may be complementary. Number three, you have your own personality. Number four, your final product may appeal to those your, quote, competition, unquote, can't. Number five, you may be better in a deeper niche. Number six, you may, may be better in a different niche. And number seven, you may not discover your strengths until you get in. The way this started with me is when I launched the Audacity to Podcast, I saw that at that time there were only two other regular podcasts about podcasting. That was Cliff Ravenscraft with Podcast Answer Man and Dave Jackson with School of Podcasting. Sure, there were other podcasts about podcasting that existed, but they weren't really being maintained at that point. And podcasts about podcasting come and go quite a bit through the years. I saw that even though there were already podcasts about podcasting, and one of them, Cliff, was a very good friend of mine at that point, and he still is a great friend of mine. We live really close together. And I was thinking, listening to this content and realizing that both of these current podcasts about podcasting aren't covering certain topics, or they're not mentioning certain alternatives, or they're not giving the instructions in this certain way. So I decided to start my own podcast to cover those gaps that I saw. And through the years, my approach gradually changed and strengthened into what it is today. And I think that the niche that the Audacity to Podcast fills, I think it fills very well, and that is the how-tos and the in-depth discussion. And that, I hope, is what you know that you get from the Audacity to Podcast and can rely on those in-depth how-tos and the in-depth discussions with presenting you with different options and things to consider, steps to follow and such. So when you are in a similar situation and you see that there are others doing the same thing you want to do, don't take that as a clue to not do that thing you want to do. But also don't completely disregard the fact that there's competition. Sometimes competition is good for your industry because it means that there's an industry for this. Sometimes it's not so good. In my area, there are uh, several grocery stores, and this probably happens with your area too. There will be a Kroger almost right next to a Walmart 
grocery store, Walmart Supercenter, or maybe a different grocery store, Remke or Biggs or something like that, real close to another grocery store. And when you see that, that doesn't tell you that, oh, this is a bad market for grocery stores. That tells you this is a really good market because both of these businesses are able to sustain their business models. You'll see one fast food restaurant on one corner and another fast food restaurant on the other corner, maybe a fast food restaurant on every corner of an intersection because they found that that's a good area to be. So they approach it with different perspectives, but even sometimes you'll see like a McDonald's and a Burger King and a Wendy's real close to each other. And I would say that those three places have pretty much this a similar product, but different approaches. So don't look at this as a completely saturated market, whatever market you're looking at getting into or niche. So I've got seven tips for you of things that you should consider before entering this same niche or disregarding the same niche as someone else. Number one, your experience is unique. No one has lived your life. No one has learned everything that you've learned. No one has tried everything that you've tried. No one has met all of the people that you know. Each of these things influence your perspectives and they are part of what give you your experience because also no one has made all the same mistakes that you have made either. So when you look at a music composer, a theater major, a video gamer, and a Christian pastor, this sounds like a start of a bad joke, when they all go and watch a movie, they would all review that movie very differently from each other. And by the way, speaking of movies, I just recently got to screen the movie, The Lego Movie, and I absolutely loved it. But I grew up with Legos, and someone who didn't grow up with Legos and hasn't seen some of this other entertainment out there might not like the movie because they've had different experience than I have. Your experience will affect how you approach many different things in your podcast, in your product, in your business, like your relationships, how other people relate with you, because people find that experiences are a big way that they relate with each other. It's the, oh, you used to play with Legos? So did I. You used to do this? Hey, so did I. And you think this too? Oh, hey, so do I. So it's how you relate with others and how other people relate with you. But your experience also affects, highly affects your values and your goals, and especially your perspective. So the experience you have is unique. And let me be redundant here and say it's totally unique. No one else has had your exact combination of life experience. So bring out your unique experience when you share your content. And this applies very well to life stories. Like you're not going to hear any of the other podcasts about podcasting mention anything about the Lego movie and they're growing up with Legos and how the Lego movie illustrates certain things with podcasting. No, you probably won't hear that, at least not yet anyway, because no one else saw it when I got to see it. No one else saw it with me. No one else had the exact same experience growing up with me. So in your podcast or your blog, whatever content you're producing, go ahead and share your relevant life stories and emphasis on the relevant part. If it doesn't relate to your content, then you might not want to share it or it might not be the appropriate place unless you save that for later on in the content. Like I sometimes do that, but no one else 
has that exact same story. Or maybe no one else even has something even close to that. So embrace the fact that you have a completely different set of life experiences, and those make you into the person that you are. So that's number one. Your experience is unique. Number two, your perspective may be complementary. I like to describe this whole competition space as kind of like a sculpture or some sort of three-dimensional art. And each person in the space is like the artist approaching that sculpture, but from different angles. Some will carve out a certain detail, some will carve out another detail, but together we're making a three-dimensional piece of art. If one person approached it from only, I mean, if there was only one person to approach it and they were only approaching it from a single perspective, then you might get some kind of flat perspective from them, maybe, depending on their experience, their perspective. But each artist then may not be doing just different angles of it, but they might be doing different parts of the process. Like one person may choose the material, the other person may do the carving, the other person may paint it, the other person may figure out the lighting for it. So all of these different perspectives and parts complement each other. That's with an E, complement each other. So you get a, you as the consumer then, get a much more complete picture of the subject. But also don't forget that each artist does need to be creating their own art and not just playing part of the artist and playing with others, but create your own art. And that that does happen in this space. Of course, when you're creating something, you are creating your own piece of art that as a whole becomes complementary to the industry. So you, you need to look for those unique aspects of your perspective that helps others get a bigger picture. Sometimes this may even mean that you go for the complete opposite perspective as someone is sharing. Just look at how many tech reviews are are out there of people or websites that are anti-Microsoft but absolutely love Apple. Or maybe they're the other way around. They're anti-Apple and they and yeah, and they absolutely love Microsoft. Or there are those who are anti-Apple and anti-Microsoft and absolutely love Linux. Or those who are anti-everything technology and they still review technology. There are many different perspectives out there. And you could have a similar perspective but a slightly different approach or a completely opposite perspective. And that helps complement the content that's out there. I see this all the time with all of the different Once Upon a Time podcasts out there because I host one of them. And if you want to see a list of the different Once Upon a Time podcasts, check out oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts. Or I have this link in the show notes too if you want to check it out. But it's a list I maintain of all of the different Once Upon a Time podcasts. And there are a lot of fan podcasts about this one TV show. But it amazes me that each time a new episode of the TV show comes out, it seems that every podcast catches something that the other podcast didn't catch because of the perspectives. Each collection of hosts have their own perspectives that they focus on maybe the stories that affect a favorite character. Maybe it's the historical or literary connections with some of the content and the characters. Maybe it's character development overall or certain plot twists or Easter eggs or any other perspective that they might have. They're bringing that to the table and finding different content based on those perspectives. Just look at the podcasts about podcasting space. 
I think that when you look at the top ones out there, the most popular ones, you'll see that each one fits into a different perspective. And I think that they fill that perspective and complement each other pretty well. Look at, for example, well, I'll just go through these. Podcast Answer Man with Cliff Ravenscraft. He has a really large audience asking a lot of questions about podcasting. And as the name implies, he answers these. He's great at providing these answers and inspiring success for podcasters and business owners and marketers out there. School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. He is experimental and very opinionated. That's a good thing that he's so opinionated. He'll discuss recent news items that affect podcasters. He'll share some of these unheard of tools, like he'll get his hands on a a Yamaha mixer that's only, I think, 50 or $70 and let you know about its quality or he'll find some little tool that's been hidden and forgotten about. And he also is a great curator of these great stories of because of my podcast, this happened, or I was able to do this. Some great, inspiring stories there. The Podcaster Studio. Ray Ortega produces podcasts as his regular day job. So he's in this field quite often, and he finds creative solutions to common problems. And he also has great information, especially on his YouTube channel. He has great information about video production that applies very well to video podcasters. And he also highlights these gems, the the little things that make big differences in a podcast. Maybe it's this little tip. Maybe it's a little tool. Maybe it's some little tweak you can make that makes a big difference. Look at how I fit in with the Audacity to Podcast. I go in-depth with certain topic discussions, detailed how-to information, and resources that I want you to, to help you launch or improve your podcast. The feed, Lipson's official podcast, Elsie Escobar, works for Lipson, and she's in touch with thousands of professional and, quote, amateur, unquote, podcasters facing all kinds of success and struggles. So she and Rob Walsh, who basically runs Lipson, bring you tips, industry news, and information that, as Elsie says, keep you podcasting. Music Radio Creative, Mike and Isabella Russell, have a a broader perspective. They're not focused on just podcasters. They're talking to podcasters, traditional radio hosts, and DJs. And they bring many different audio branding and production tips. And they have a nice little international flair too, because they're from the United Kingdom. So their perspective isn't just all American, American, red, white, and blue for everything. Like sometimes we Americans tend to be. Podcast Talent Coach, a podcast I've been catching up on recently. I'm still several episodes behind. I'm a bunch of episodes behind on every podcast I listen to. But Eric K. Johnson focuses on, I call them priceless tips that are heavily inspired by his radio background. See, the experience playing in there. And he talks about finding great ideas, making engaging content, and asking quality questions. Then look at Podcasters Roundtable. It's a collaboration led by Ray Ortega, and Dave Jackson and I join in on this, and we frequently have guests on the roundtable, and we're discussing controversial issues affecting podcasters. And you won't get the variety of opinions that we cover from any one of our individual shows, because I can't represent every opinion out there. I certainly can't represent it as passionately as I can my own opinion. 
And so Podcasters Roundtable is a great place to discuss these things and bring them to light and debate them. Sometimes we agree very uh, vehemently. Sometimes we agree on things. Like we recently talked about, should your podcast have its own app? And we had some people that were big gung-ho, yes, get your own app for your podcast. And others who were saying, no, I think it's a waste of time, waste of money. You should be doing other things. So that's just an overview of what I think are the top podcasts about podcasting. And you can see that although we're all talking about how to podcast and how to improve your podcast, we each have our own perspectives. We each have our own experience. And going on down this line, we have our own personalities, we have our own final products, and in a sense, our own niches within this niche of how to podcast. So before you try to enter something that seems like a space that's covered completely, find your unique approach, find those gaps, and see how you can fill those gaps that other people are leaving. And then I think you'll find more success that way. Instead of just trying to do the same thing others are doing, try to do what others aren't doing and you'll find more success that way. So that's number two. Your perspective may be complementary. Number three, you have your own personality. I'm sure that probably all of the podcasting consultants receive on a regular basis messages that say something like this. I can't stand this other consultant, but I like you. I've received these. I know others have received these that have named me. I don't know who sent them, so don't worry about that. But I'm sure each of us have received a message like this. The same thing applies to, I think, any podcast in a particular industry. Like I watch all of the iTunes reviews for Once Upon a Time podcasts, and I see On just about every Once Upon a Time podcast, there will be a comment that says something like, I listened to all of the other Once Upon a Time podcasts and I didn't like them, but I love this one. And it won't be the same person for every podcast, of course, but it will be one person says that for one podcast, another for another podcast, and so on. So they are drawn to these personalities and people can relate with personalities, which remember heavily influenced by your experience and your perspective. And don't think that a strong personality is a bad thing. Like I mentioned, Dave Jackson, opinionated. I think we can all agree that he is pretty opinionated. And I I caught up finally on his show, School of Podcasting, in one of his recent episodes, he got all preachy on something and in fact tried to make it sound like he was getting preachy on something. But a strong personality does mean you increase your chances of turning off people, turning away potential listeners. That's that's fine. But a weak personality, if you try to water down your personality and not turn away so many people, well, I think a weak personality will be forgotten, just kind of lost in the mix of everyone else out there. So it's not bad to have a strong personality, to be opinionated, to be passionate about this thing, to be passionate about hating a particular method uh, or a particular approach. That is great. Embrace the fact that you have a strong personality. Don't try to be someone else. You may want to filter out certain 
aspects of your content or how you present like maybe you decide to filter some language if you are accustomed to profanity maybe you decide to not use profanity in your podcast i had a whole episode about whether your podcast should have profanity in it and that was episode 138 and i'll have the show notes or the link to that in the show notes for this episode at the audacity to podcast.com slash 159 But even if you filter your content in order to make it appropriate or more appealing to certain audiences, don't filter your personality because your personality is really more than just the words you use. It's the emotions behind it. It's the perspective. It's the experience. It's how you connect with people, how you build relationships and maintain those relationships. So let people either like or hate you for who you really are. Don't try to be someone else. Even if you have the same perspective as someone else, your personality may relate with people that others can't quite reach. And also because of your personality, you may have relationships with people that others completely don't. So don't think that just because you have the same perspective means that you can't be in the same niche. You could still be. Look at the automobile industry, for example. And there are a lot of automobile commercials during the Super Bowl. Every manufacturer tends to market certain automobiles for certain personalities. What you probably won't ever see is something like this. A a sports car marketed to mothers with young children. Or maybe a minivan for the rough and tough lumberjack kind of man. Or a luxury vehicle for teenagers. Or maybe a dirty, ugly, well not ugly, but dirty pickup truck with a giant rock in the back of it for Fortune 500 CEOs. Those personalities just don't really fit. And that's, I know we're talking generalities but they they generally don't fit. But all of these different kinds of automobiles out there have the same core purpose. That is to get you and some optional stuff from one place to another, usually on four wheels. That's the core idea of each of these automobiles. But then That's where the personalities come out and the approaches, the perspectives, what needs each particular vehicle fulfills and what things they try to satisfy and uh, feelings they try to invoke, what personalities they're reaching out to and connecting with for those automobiles. So the luxury automobiles are marketed to the successful person, the Fortune 500 CEO, the person who really wants to feel like they are accomplished in life. The pickup trucks are generally marketed to the man who just wants to get in the dirt, pull out that boulder, build something, go off-roading, that kind of stuff. They recognize personalities that are connected to particular models, and that's how they try to tie things together, even though they're all automobiles. So you have your own personality. Embrace that and let that show through in your podcast or in whatever content you're creating. That's number three. You have your own personality. Number four, your final product may appeal to those your competition can't. Imagine what the world would be like if Pepsi decided, "Eh, Coca-Cola already has a cola on the market. We'll never succeed. Or what if Apple said something like, hey, everybody's making these flip phones and PDAs and now they're starting to make smartphones. Uh, There's probably not really a need for another smartphone in the market. 
imagine the world if these companies had said something like that. Your podcast, for many different reasons, may appeal to an audience that finds no attraction whatsoever in some of the, quote, competition. Just look at how many colas there are, how many different smartphones you can get from a single wireless carrier. Some of these items have a small appeal, but even that small appeal could be to an extremely passionate consumer base that might be even more active than anyone else. This is basically how the podcast awards work. And I think why, uh, or this is really what they're out to measure, is not just audience size of everybody vote once and we'll see whoever gets the most votes. Well, that's audience size kind of thing. But the podcast awards work more on audience engagement. Do you have a passionate enough audience a loyal enough audience that they will go and vote for your show, not just once, but every single day for the two-week voting period. So that's how a little podcast with a passionate, engaged audience can beat a big podcast with a pretty passive audience. And this has happened many, many times. It happens every single year that in some category, a little guy beats a big guy because of how engaged the audience is. So your final product may have that appeal to those when your, quote, competition can't appeal to those people. But if your potential product that or topic that you're looking at covering seems to be already fairly saturated, there are a lot of other podcasters or content creators in that same niche, then consider a few more things. This is point five. You may be better in a deeper niche. Just think about this. Technology is a massive topic. There are a bunch of podcasts out there about general technology, like This Week in Tech, really popular podcast, and it's about, well, technology, all kinds of technology. And you're going to have a really hard time trying to build an audience if you just talk about technology. Because there are so many other industry giants in the space already that you might not find an audience. So go deeper. Pick a particular kind of technology or a particular audience. So for example, in the technology field, John Wilkerson talks about technology for homeschool families with his show, The Wired Homeschool. Or Dave McCabe and Jim Collison with Home Server Show talk about, well, as the name implies, home server technology. And Cynthia Sanchez talks about nothing else other than Pinterest on her blog and podcast, Oh So Pinteresting. And if you want to check out these shows I just mentioned, they're in the show notes, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 159. So they aren't just talking about the big, broad technology. They have gotten down to a deeper niche, a specific technology or specific audience for technology. So you may like video games and you want to have a podcast about video games. Don't just make it a podcast about video games, but maybe you should become the expert in a single video game or a single style of video gaming. Like you could have the Halo video game podcast. Like there's someone out there with a Sims podcast. There are many people out there with a Minecraft podcast. Like Chase Nunes, who's on our recent roundtable about should your podcast have its own app? He runs Geek Gamer 
TV, and he has the Minecraft Me podcast all about Minecraft. It's not about any other video games. It's about Minecraft. There are podcasts like that where they focus on just one particular video game, and those people then are starting to establish themselves as industry experts on that one particular video game, and they get all kinds of awesome opportunities. If you like music and you want to start a music review podcast, don't just make it a music review podcast. Pick a single genre to discuss. Soundtracks, pop music, blues, jazz, whatever it is, instead of trying to review everything. Or you could even focus and dig deeper into the niche by picking a particular artist or maybe a locality. So you you decide to find all of the musicians from Cincinnati, and you talk to them, you interview them, you review their music. It might be different kinds of music, but the commonality is Cincinnati. So you become the Cincinnati native music industry expert. When you dig deeper into a niche or niche down as it's hard to figure this out. Who said it first? Either Ray Ortega or Pat Flynn said this first, but the idea of niching down, focusing on a deeper niche, you increase your leverage to become that go-to person in that topic. This could mean speaking opportunities, interviews, podcast sponsorships, book deals, consulting opportunities, so much more. Like, Look at Cynthia Sanchez, what she's doing with Pinterest. She is the Pinterest expert. If you think about Pinterest, you should think about Cynthia Sanchez with Oso Pinteresting because she has niched down. She has dug deeper into that. She doesn't cover Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, all of these other social networks. She covers one social network and she covers it very well. And because of that, she has spoken at many conferences on Pinterest. She's been interviewed in very popular podcasts about Pinterest. I've had her on the Audacity to Podcast too to talk about Pinterest because when I thought I want someone to talk about Pinterest, I instantly thought, oh, Cynthia Sanchez, problem solved. No, no debate whatsoever in my mind because she focuses on the one particular niche and she does that very well. So that's number five. You may be better in a deeper niche. If the particular niche you're looking at seems already saturated, dig deeper. And I think you'll find a whole lot more options. But number six, even if you find uh, or don't find enough options by digging deeper into a niche, number six point is you may be better in a different niche. Consider changing directions. You're smart, Really, you are. You are smart, you're intelligent, you're creative, and you have more ideas. You have more passions. If your current idea seems like it's already taken or taken too much and you can't find a place to fit in, well, find another passion and restart the thinking process. Because if you have one good idea, then it's very likely that you might have other good ideas as well. So pick perhaps a different niche, completely different niche. It could be a catastrophic, not catastrophic, a uh, colossal, that's the word I'm looking for, colossal jump from maybe you were going to start the video gaming podcast to instead you decided to start the knitting for pregnant mothers podcast or whatever it is. 
a different niche might be better for you. There are so many examples of this in this space. I know Cliff Ravenscraft frequently talks about the um, the Wooden Boats podcast and how he, the host of that show, wanted to originally talk about accounting, finances, and stuff because he thought that's what he was good at. But then he realized his real passion was for wooden boats. And Dan is his name. And Dan decided that he would start talking about wooden boats and completely different niche from what he was originally planning. But he is knocking it out of the park. Home runs. He is crushing it. Whatever little metaphor or terms you want to use, he's doing really well. Cynthia Sanchez, similar story, kind of. So look at maybe a different niche if the one you're interested in seems to be too taken, but is it really? That's where number seven comes in. So number six is you may be better in a different niche. Number seven, you may not discover your strengths until you get in. Whatever you do, even if it's a niche you think no one else is in, or if it's a niche that a lot of other people are in, it will probably take you a few episodes before you find your true zone for your podcast and for your content. And this could change over time. So don't be afraid to jump in just because you don't feel unique at that time. Give it your best. Do the best work you can on making great content, presenting that content really well, and producing this as professionally as possible. And look for your strengths. Look for your successes. And those will be the things that you should probably focus more on. When I look back at the Audacity to Podcasts history, I can see that the first month of episodes, I didn't really have that much focus. In fact, some people would say I had no focus because people thought when I started the podcast that it would be a podcast about Audacity. And for the first several episodes, I don't think I even mentioned Audacity except for the title of the show. Now you know that the title is a double meaning that I use Audacity in the title to really mean the guts to podcast, and I don't intend to change that. But it was then the following 20 or so episodes that I started to recognize a little bit more the how-to direction and in-depth information. I was going for great-looking titles, stuff that people would be searching for, so I was starting to make more content that started with how-to something-something audacity. That was kind of my formula that I was following back then. But then I was also coming across other information that I thought would be helpful to share. So it'd be something like six tips for a good podcast domain name and other things like that. But it really wasn't until about a year later that I realized my best strengths, stuff that I had already been doing, but then was able to look back and realize this was great content, this was great content, this was great content, and hey, these all kind of fit the same idea. And it was about a year later that I came up with that tagline, a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. There's also some search engine optimization that went into that. But a couple more years later, and that takes us to today, and now I see myself with a slightly different perspective. So my marketing and approach to the podcast will be changing a little bit in the coming months. But maybe you've already recognized that direction that I'm going and some ways that I've changed certain things that I say. So don't be afraid to jump in and realize that you may change things 
as you get in. There are so many cases of this, like even Cliff Ravenscraft's first podcast. He talks about this several times. His first podcast that he started was about many different things. He called it, I think he called it generally speaking, and he talked about Lost a little bit. And people were asking him, hey, can you just have the Lost conversation separate from everything else? Because we really want to hear just what your thoughts are on Lost, not these other topics that you talk about, but we really want to hear about Lost. So then he focused on that. The same thing may happen for you where you will start talking about a particular topic and along the way, you'll discover a new direction you could go with that topic or with your content or just a different show completely, you'll discover strengths as you get into this. So do regularly review your successes and look for those patterns. So that's number seven. You may not discover your strengths until you get in. So these seven things to think about of should you cover the same niche as someone else. Number one, your experience is unique. Number two, your perspective may be complementary. Number three, you have your own personality. Number four, your final, quote, product, unquote, may appeal to those your, quote, competition, unquote, can't. Number five, you may be better in a deeper niche. Number six, you may be better in a different niche. And number seven, you may not discover your strengths until you get in. So what about you? Are you in some kind of saturated niche where there are plenty of other podcasts or blogs or YouTube videos or any kind of other content creators covering the same thing that you do? How is it that you set yourself apart from your, quote, competition, unquote? How is it that you try to be different? What is your different perspectives? What are your strengths? I'd love to hear from you. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 159. The show notes are also where you can get all of these links to the different sites that I mentioned, some of these different previous episodes, as well as those podcasts about podcasting that I mentioned earlier on. Those links are in the show notes as well. That's at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 159. Something else I want to make you aware of is Libsyn is changing their media hosting model. No, don't panic. This is good, and I think you'll like it. And this, when you hear about this, you'll probably think suddenly, oh, that makes perfect sense. Why didn't I think of that before? Why didn't they think of that before? See, there are many different models of media hosting, like rolling storage, monthly reset storage, limited storage, unlimited storage. I recently did a blog post about all of these and compared the top media hosts over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash media hosting. I highly recommend that you check it out and understand all of these models, but I'll just give you a brief overview here in the podcast so you understand what's happening. Libsyn and Blueberry have been offering this model that's called rolling storage. It's where what you upload today takes up the space for about 30 days, well, 30 days exactly, and then you get that space back. So it's like a conveyor belt where you only get so much space total, and but then stuff works its way off the conveyor belt after an amount of time. So it ends up being a little confusing because you upload 10 megabytes today, 10 megabytes next week, 10 megabytes the week after that, and it becomes this rolling thing where you get your 10 megabytes back in 30 days from today, but you get another 10 megabytes back 
in 30 days from next week. And it's it can become a little confusing. And I've even been confused by this sometimes when trying to manage my own space and decide, okay, what can I upload to my media host now? What do I need to wait to upload? And if I upload this today, will that mean I won't have enough space for my episode next week? When will I get the space back from that episode I uploaded? When was it two or three weeks ago? I can't remember. When do I get that space back? It's it's really a juggle and it can be confusing. Libsyn has been doing that model and they are changing to what I call monthly reset storage. And by the way, if you want to sign up for Libsyn, go to libsyn.com and use the promo code noodle and you'll get a free month. So what Libsyn is doing, and that stands for liberated syndication, is they're switching from this rolling storage that's a bit confusing to monthly reset storage, which many people have assumed it's what Libsyn meant when they said you get 50 megabytes per month or 250 megabytes or whatever per month. So with monthly reset storage, it's where you know exactly how much space you get for the calendar month. And you can use up that space at any point in the month. You can use it up at the beginning of the month or at the end of the month. And that space then resets at the fir- on the first day of the next month. So I could use 10 megabytes today and wait 20, 28 days from now, 29 days from now, and upload the rest of my 40 megabytes to fill up my 50 megabyte plan. Then the day after that, I get all 50 megabytes back. It's a whole lot easier to manage because you don't have to figure out the scheduling system and when will you get this space back? When can you upload this episode? It it will be so much easier to understand. It's what I call monthly reset storage. And they're switching to this in February 2014. And I think this is great because it's so much easier for you to work with, so much easier to understand. And you'll know then Whatever you upload will always stay available on Libsyn's very fast servers. They don't move it to a slower server anymore. It always stays available. It stays fast as long as you keep paying your monthly bill with Libsyn. It's always available. And your storage is now a whole lot easier to manage because first day of the month, the storage is reset and you get to upload new stuff. They're switching to this very soon, and you'll be able to find out more information about that soon over at libsyn.com. And if you sign up for Libsyn, use my promo code NOODLE, and you get your first month for absolutely free of any plan that you sign up with them. And if you want to learn more about all of the different media hosting models that are out there and how each of the different popular media hosts like Podbean, SoundCloud, uh, Libsyn, Blueberry, and several others line up with each other and what their different storage methods are and bandwidth limitations and such are, then check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash media hosting. And I have that link in the show notes at slash 159 if you want to check that out, as well as let me know what your success has been with podcasting in a seemingly saturated market or with any kind of competition in your same market. That's over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 159. Well, I am really excited with Podcast Masterclass. It just kicked off and... Boy, we've got some energy going on in there and some great things to talk about. This week, we'll be talking about some goals and some other things for improving podcasts and going from average 
to amazing. If you're interested in checking it out for a future class, next one will probably be in May 2014. Go to podcastmasterclass.com and use promo code TAPLISTENER to save on your registration. I'd love to work with you one-on-one for consulting, podcast cover art, website design to help you launch or improve your own podcast. Check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting for more information on that or email me your questions also for future episodes of the Audacity to Podcast. Feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also send a voice message right through the website, theaudacitypodcast.com. Or follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com and check out all of our CES videos over at tpn.tv.